Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So do you think the Bucks' offense can be as explosive this week against the Philadelphia Eagles? And what should the Bucks do in their secondary now that Vernon Hargraves is out for the season? And did Steve Eiserman always have an expiration date on his job with the Lightning since his family never moved to Tampa Bay? Your questions on our popular mailbag segment, and Blake Snell took a no-hitter into the seventh inning but gives up only a home run to win his 19th game. All this and more on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Bursnick. Before we get to your questions, listen to this from May Electric Solar. Hey, if you're like me, you're sick and tired of paying high electric bills. My last electric bill was well over $300. That's insane. If you want to save 90 to 95% off on your electric bills, listen to me now. May Electric Solar is a locally owned company, and May Electric Solar is the safest solar available and does not use high voltage like many other companies. May Electric Solar has a 25-year warranty on all equipment and labor, and May Electric Solar uses only their employees, no subcontractors ever, and they have a full showroom to see their products, and they're open on weekdays. Stop the insanity of -of out-of-control electric bills. Start saving 90 to 95% right now. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Call them right now, and you can also receive a 30% tax credit by changing to solar energy through 2019. Call May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. Okay, so Steve, we're at at One Buck Place, and I can't remember. It was like between, I don't know, the first start of practice and maybe when Dirk Cutter came in for his, um, his press conference. But uh, we we saw on the internet that uh, Blake Snell had a no no, had a no hitter going, and he was uh, going into the seventh inning. You know how you're not supposed to talk about no hitters? Well, we decided to do one thing worse. We turned on the TV. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yep. We turned on the TV to watch him throw a home run ball. And yes, this is Greg Almond's idea. He is the reason why that there's that Blake Snell did not get his no no. Simple as that. Okay. Well, has anyone told Blake that's the reason? <laughs> I hope not, but I'm just saying it is. I mean, it, it was clear as day. You know, you're just not supposed to do that. You don't mess with the karma. So, Except now the Major League Baseball on. app gives you updates anytime there's a no-hitter in the sixth inning. I know, exactly. So you want to watch, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you know, he's a few outs away. Yeah. Give up a bomb. I feel better. I said this at the time. I feel better about if I was going to give up a hit in that situation that a guy blasted one over the wall as opposed to some bleeder that, you know, dunks in over the shortstop's head or something. What about bunting? Are you allowed to bunt late in a game in a no-hitter? What's the score? Let's say today it was, what, 3 nothing. Mm, seventh inning? Probably not. Earlier in the game? Yeah. See, I, I have, think no, I have get... no problem bunting in the ninth inning in a one nothing game if it's a no-hitter. Well, if it's one nothing, Or 2 nothing or 3 nothing. I mean, look, your job, is a, your, job is a, your job as a hitter is to get on base. Yeah, I know. I don't, but there, I don't like the, is... I don't like the traditionalists that sit there and say, you know, well, it's a no hitter. You can't. You can't. Bunt. You're allowed to bunt. It's part of the rules. What score? 
What's the score? I don't care what I think the score it matters. is. I don't care what the score oh, is. Oh, I think it matters. I, I think it matters. I do. Your job as a hitter is to get on base. Yeah, unless the guy's throwing a no-no, and then you need to swing the bat instead why, of trying why to should that change? Why should that change? Because the guy's throwing a no-no. Then he should be good enough to field the bunt. Hit. He should be good get enough to legit- field the bunt and not and not allow you no. to get on base. His job's not. He means not a fielder. He's a pitcher. I mean, I, I know there's one of nine in the field. But if you can't, if the entire team can't get up there, and not one guy can swing the bat and get a base hit, and you go up there, let's, what if my? Well, the reason I asked about the score, and I think three runs is kind of in a gray area, but. Like say it's seven to nothing. Really? You well, okay. You so, wouldn't norm- seven. You to wouldn't nothing, do that. Good. You wouldn't do that in a regular game. You know what I'm saying? Well, like sure. you wouldn't go up there saying I got to get on any way I can in a seven to nothing game and drop down a bunt. So if you wouldn't do it in a regular game, you shouldn't do it in a no no. Yeah, but I mean, that's what if saying. what if it's a guy that bunts semi right? I mean, there's nobody who bunts regularly. Well, if today. that's his game, but but if that's his game. Or, like or if he's what what if they're shifting? What if they're shifting on you and give you the whole left side of the infield and you lay one down? Hmm. Because they should. I don't care what the score is. If you shifted, <laughs> and you're going to give me, le- you're going to give me the left side of the infield. Then I'll take it. I don't know. I think if it gets to be within nine outs, let's say, uh, and it's more than two to nothing or something like that, you should probably swing away. I'm just saying. I mean, I know what you mean, but what you're saying makes sense. Is that you're just playing the game, but. I'm kind of a traditionalist. I think if a guy's got it going out there and he's that dominant, you probably need to swing the bat and get a real hit. You know, that's just me. Um, I don't know. It's, you know, just the way I feel about things. Right. Well, anyway, is Blake Snell going to win the Cy Young? ERA is now down yes. to 2.03. Yes, he is. And, in fact, he would have locked it up today if not for the one hit. I believe if he goes out there today – or yesterday, I'm sorry, and and threw a no hitter. That would have that would have been checkmate because, you know, I mean, but right now it's between I think in the American League between him and Chris Sale, right? And obviously Sale, well, Sale's has been the hurt pedigree, right now, yeah. But he's been beat up and he's he's on, working his way back. He had one of those opening nights the other night and then threw some in the bullpen. Um, and you know his ERA I think is still a tick or so lower than Blake's. Yeah, it's just under. I want to say it's just under two, and Blake's is just a tick over two. But that aside, nineteen and five in a dominant nineteen and five, and look at his last—I don't know—fifteen starts or something. I mean, he's been great down the stretch. It's not like he piled up a bunch of wins early, or you know, something like that, or a bunch of you know, against a bunch of bad teams. I mean, nineteen and five. He's got. A, if he goes to me, if he goes twenty twenty-one and five with an ERA below two, look, the Rays may not, and they won their eightieth game yesterday. They may not make the postseason. In fact, it's damn unlikely they will. They got a big series coming up against the A's. But that aside, they haven't been. They've been relevant. It's not like he's on a team that's so bad that you would never even look his direction. I mean, the Mets are going to have a Cy Young Award winner, and, they and he deserves it. Too. Anything Degrom deserves but he complete, it. Too. Oh, Degrom completely deserves it. Okay, so look at Degrom though. I mean, he's already below two, right? This is like almost one and a half. He's like at one six but, um, or something. But I mean, Snell's pitching in the American League, man. Oh, absolutely. And, and right now, with all due respect to Clayton Kershaw, he's got the best breaking stuff. He's got one of the best fastballs. He's a four-pitch you know, artist, and he is so locked in. I mean, inning after inning, start after start, these last two, three, four months, whatever it's been, the guy goes out there and he's just dealing, mm-hmm. and, and no one can touch him. They're not even making loud contact off the guy. You know what I mean? It's not like he's getting out of jams or winning five to four. You know what I mean? I mean, 
He's just completely dominating any lineup in the major leagues. Well, not he's that, pitched but, against so all he, of them. Yeah, he's 19 and 5, which is 14 games over 500. Right. And, you know, of the games he had factored in the decision. The Rays are only 15 games above. They're a 500 team in the games he doesn't factor Without in the decision. Him. Right. It's and it's not like, you know, they go out there and say, "Hey, we were scoring 8 runs a game for Blake and then, you know, not hitting the rest of the week." They're not scoring a ton of runs. He's not giving up any. I mean, he's this is as dominant a pitching performance certainly that the Rays have ever had. I mean, he could break the franchise record, and with that ERA, I think you could comfortably say that's the best season a pitcher has ever had in Rays history, better than when David Price won the Cy Young. Yeah, I mean, I think this, season, I, this season's been better than Price's season, although Price had a phenomenal season in, in 2012 when he won sure, the Cy Young here. But, yeah, I think Blake has been more it. dominant. But this one's been lights out. The guy's lights out. And look how young he is. I, I, I'm – I'm thinking that he really has a shot at this thing now. And, again, I don't know what Sale's going to do. And, you know, Boston is certainly the, you know, the best team in baseball, and he's the best pitcher on the best team in baseball. So I get all that. He's won before. But I think maybe Blake – I think maybe Blake has made a good case for himself, you know, and it just depends if he can finish it. If he can get to 20 – I'm telling you, if he sets the franchise record in wins – and people realize, and I know wins, you know, starting pitchers can't control some of that, obviously. King Felix won one year. I think he had 12 wins or something. But if you're that dominant and you don't give up any runs and you win that many games and you're 14, 15, 16 games over 500, I mean, that's the definition of Cy Young to me, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, you're, you're, the other team never had a chance to win against you. I do believe for the first time, and I'm telling you, if he'd have thrown a no-hitter today, that would have wrapped it up. They would have said, well, that's it. You know, down the stretch, the guy throws a no-no at a pretty good ball club that's probably going to win their division. You know, and if the Rays were in that division, I think they'd be challenging for, for the lead mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, they'd be, they're only like, what, a game or game and a half or something 82, like that. 82, I think yeah. they have like 81, 82 wins. Yep. You know, and, and the and Rays now at 80 losses. wins. Rays one more win and they're guaranteed a 500 record. It's just it's unbelievable, man. It just is. I'll be honest with you. I'm almost kind of bummed that I have to go go to the Bucks game on Sunday. I mean, I would go see that series, you know. Mm-hmm. I may go see them Saturday. I know it's the A's and they're not going to be a big draw maybe, but I think it'd be cool. You know, this is as close to October baseball as we've had around here in a while. They're not out of it, out of it, you know. Well, th- they this, were weekend, this weekend they probably have to sweep to still be in it. Oh, sure, but they could do that, you know, and it'd be he, nice if know, Baltimore it, put up any resistance. I know. They got so one bad. hit in the first inning today, and that was the only hit they got all game. They're so bad. Meanwhile, the A's That's... put up a 10 spot in the third inning. Yeah. The Orioles are going to have an historic bad season. Like, this is going to be the they worst season. They're 63 games below 500 right now. Yeah, they're going to they're gonna set the franchise, franchise record for losses is what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. And so is that it for Buck Showalter, or do they just take away all his players? Well, I mean, well, they tried to trade Adam Jones. He rejected the trade. They traded they several got rid of others. Machado. They got rid of a bunch of other guys. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't see how Show Walter survives, but yeah, I suppose crazier things have happened. I think the fact that they haven't fired him tells you they're going to fire him. Just <laughs> <laughs> letting them take it all, you know. Yeah, probably. But the the Rays remain eight and a half games back of Oakland. Uh, Seattle mm-hmm. lost today so, or on Wednesday, so they're nine and a half back now. So the Rays have actually cleared Seattle at this point. I think they should go for a, a third wild card 
in the American League. That's what they should go for. Let's go ahead and make that rule now. Yeah, let's go. So let's put eight teams so in. Let's just make it an eight team tournament on each league and let's go. Well, you know what? I I've advocated this and it and and I don't know I don't know how it would work because I don't know scheduling, but like I would I would be in favor of a and it's probably cost prohibitive or travel, whatever, I don't know. Of just saying, you know, you're an American League team, you play an even schedule with everybody else, and the top X number of teams go, whatever I, that is. I want to reduce the schedule to 144 games and then put 16 teams in the playoffs. I'm okay with that. So local money, you get less because you're going to have go from 162 but to 144. Same number but, of games. But your, your national money is going to be so much more because you're going to have how many more playoff games? Yeah, that that money is like, split between teams, and so there, it becomes. You know, I can't say it's revenue neutral at this point, but you know, that's you're gonna each team's gonna make less on the local level. They make more on the national. They split, and let's make it more. And fun. You look, you look like the NHL, but that's okay. That's I'm the okay NBA. That. The NBA is the same way. I mean, I'm okay with it. I'm I'm telling you, I'm okay with it. The fear is that you're gonna have teams at the bottom rung that might be close to either 500 or even below. But you know what? They said that about, you know, when the NFL went to these, um, you know, when they had realignment and you had, you know, the Bucks mm-hmm. used to be in the, what was the NFC Central and they added, you know, the NFC South and then mm-hmm. all these teams. When they did that, their big fear was that somebody was going to win a division at seven and nine. It's happened somebody a couple did. times. Somebody's, uh, they've done it. Mm-hmm. It didn't destroy the league. It it, it, and, and in baseball, I think it's a little different too because you're playing a best of five or seven series. It's not a one game where you know any team can win one game, you've got to win at least three, if not four. Right. You know. So if you're, you know, if you're, you know, t- ten games or five games below five hundred, and you're playing Boston, mm-hmm. you don't have to beat them once. You got to beat them three or four times. Right. I think baseball is more fair that way for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get you get the best teams advance. So I'd be in favor of it. I'd be cool with it. I mean, I, the NBA know, has it, teams that are below five hundred that get in. Sure. Sure, they do. Most no, of the time, the time they're out pretty quick, but it hasn't in. ruined the. My point is, it has not ruined the no. league, you know. No. And and that was the NFL's big fear: is oh no, what do you got a team that's eight and eight, seven and nine, and they're in, and another team in another division one ten, and they're not. Well, you got to win the division. Sorry, mm-hmm. that's the way it goes. I'd be in favor. So we have we have questions now uh, from your mailbag. Thanks for uh, sending those in. I'm ready to go. All right. Well, Jerry leads us off saying, "Do you think the Bucks' offense can be as explosive versus the Eagles without?" Uh, Deshaun Jackson and facing a deeper defensive line. I would say it's not going to be as explosive because I don't think I remember any Bucks team executing as flawlessly as they did against New Orleans. I mean, they put up 48 points, but not only that, um, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick averaged well over 14 yards an attempt. Okay. Um, he was seven of seven and five of five, like 12 of 12 in targets just to Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans alone. You know, all these balls over 35 yards. I mean, they're never, uh, when I say never, it's been the history of the franchise. They haven't executed that well. It's four touchdown passes. And and not only that, but this is a step up in class on defense. I mean, the Eagles' defense is, I think, elite. I think it's still one of the best, best defenses in the game. Where they're struggling is on offense, you know. Um, and they look really bad in their, in their first game. But – um, no, I, and, and the, you know, on top of that, Deshaun Jackson is under concussion protocol. Um, he, if he passes those tests, he has a shoulder injury. So my guess is just reading the tea leaves. We're not going to, you know, we're not going to see Deshaun Jackson on the field Sunday. 
Now they got other receivers. Chris Godwin, you know, comes to mind right away, and then Hump would be the slot guy, and they still got the two tight ends. So there's no shortage of weapons. But who got things started the other day? It was Deshaun, you know, running by fools and making plays. And so I I don't think they're going to be as explosive against the Eagles. Doesn't mean they won't win. Uh, doesn't mean that um, Fitzpatrick won't have a good game. But I think it's unrealistic to think you can execute at that level. Okay, Thad and Rich, and we had several other questions, all kind of saying the same question here. So mm-hmm. uh, given the level of talent on offense and the high hopes for the season, if Hargraves is out for an extended period, now we know he's out for the season, can you see Jason Light pursuing a trade for some DB help with draft picks as currency? Um, or, or should they, or should, is there someone out there they should sign or trade? You know, I don't know that there is. Um, to be honest with you, I mean, good good corners are are on a team right now. There's very few that would just be hanging out the restri- on the street. I know people have mentioned Breland, Bashan Breland, and people like that. I don't see them bringing now. Now, you know, as we sit here today, it might change if they get any more injuries. But they have been just devastated at the cornerback position. I mean, my information is that, and and this is just based on what sort of what Dirk Cutter said is that. Grimes's injury is not that severe that that he could be on his way back now he didn't practice today uh, yesterday um, and I don't know that he'll play this week but I, I don't know that it's you know groin injuries are funny there's there's all kinds of different severities but I watched him walking around I don't sense his you know I kind of sense there's some optimism about him but the trades don't happen in this league because if you're any good you're on a roster there's just not guys sitting on the on, on the street and that would you know that would be for a free agent, but but why would you give up a, a DB? Look what's happened to the Bucks. Any team on any given week could lose two or three corners, and you're just you know you're just not going to do that. The trade deadline is sometime in October. Maybe if you get closer to that, and a team is out of contention and they have a guy who's in the final year of his contract, you mean John Gruden doesn't deal- have an extra cornerback sitting around he doesn't want anymore? That's an All Pro. He might. I mean, you know, yeah, you could try to rob him. <laughs> Did you see, by the way, John Gruden, did you see what he said about Derek Carr? He's all over Derek Carr one weekend. It was like, all I know is the Murray Cooper was open, man. He was open all over the field. You know what I mean? I don't know why we didn't get the ball to him. Like, really? So who do you want now, John? <laughs> I mean, he's got Derek Carr, and I can see where this is going, you know? Hey, a quarterback. Hey, Kurt Warner. <laughs> I mean, where is this headed? He's just never happy. The guy's never happy with whoever he has. And it, the problem is is that the quarterbacks he wants instead of the guys are never better than the guy he has. But, no, I don't I don't see the trade. All right, Peter asks, basically we are worse off than last year now in the defense. Is that a fair statement or is it just about the same? Not trying to see doom here but leveling expectations. I don't know that they're worse off. I mean, first of all, you, you know, they were last, and so – I know they're last in scoring right now. They gave up 40, right? And that's a hard number to come back from. Well, they can't so. be last. I mean, the Saints gave up 48. Well, that's true. They're 31st. You're right. My bad. And the Jets scored 48, so the Lions are there, oh, too. Oh, so they're tied for 31st or somewhere <laughs> in there. But that's scoring defense. And then, then you have the yards on top of that, and we know the Saints are worse because they gave up 500. No, they're not as bad as last year. Now, look, they're, they're beat up right now. I mean, here's the thing. You know, Vita Vea is still not out there, which is which is numbing compared, considering that he hurt his calf the first day they were in pads about six weeks ago. Um, but but he is on his way back, they say. Uh, and, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul is now hurt. He got hurt in the first quarter that game the other night and wasn't effective. Now he's wearing a knee brace saying his knee's all jacked up. 
Um, you know, Mitch Unrein, who was supposed to be something for them this year, you know, has a concussion and um, he's going to miss time if if not the whole season. So I just don't think they have all their pieces. And now you take away Grimes one week and then maybe Grimes and Hargraves. Um, you know, it's tough, man. I mean, that's that's just sort of that's just sort of where they are. But I don't think they're as bad as last year. I think they have more talent. I think it was the first game. I think it was Drew Brees. Um, and you know that I think it's the National Football League. I mean, from week to week, you just don't know. I remember uh, what was it last year that um, the first four weeks or so the Patriots were getting killed on on defense. And then they played the Bucks and they gave up 14. And then they never gave up, I think, more than 14 the rest of the year, you know, or something like that. It was crazy. So it takes a little more longer, I think, for defense to get going. But um, I I don't think they're worse off than last year. It can't be worse off than last year. All right. Well, Gary asked, and you mentioned Vita Vea. He asked, what's going on with Vea? How long is it going to take? Not good that neither of your two first or your first two picks in the draft aren't ready to play. Yeah, and he's talking about Ronald Jones being the next pick in the draft. Um, Vita's getting closer. It, it's just, you know, he's not in any kind of football shape. I don't know what his weight's at. I would imagine it's been hard to keep it off um, when you're not doing anything on your legs, per se. They've had him in pads, uh, running, working out on the side, you know, and the only way you can get in football shape is to play. But I think he's closer um, than he's ever been. Now, again, I don't think... Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is the week he's going to play for whatever reason, unless he shows up in pads tomorrow or, or Friday or something. But I, I don't, I don't know how long. I, I would say it was within a week or two, um, and and I thought it was going to be this week, but it could be next. That's sort of where we're at with him. All right, Thad asks a three and zero or two and one Fitz Magic should be the best thing to ever happen to Winston. Humbles him a bit and allows him to see Fitz judiciously distribute to all the Bucks' weapons, giving up on dead plays and never forcing bad throws. Do you agree? I don't know if it's the best thing for him. I'm sure he would have a different opinion to that, watching a guy do his job better than he does. It's like saying, hey, you know that month you took off from the Bucks because you were sick? Uh, you know, the guy wrote the crap out of everything. He was terrific. That's the best thing that could have happened to you, Rick. No, it would not be the best thing. The best thing would be for the guy to fail, uh, and that would actually help my stock. So um, I, I do know what, what he means by it in terms of, you know, a couple things. One, right now, Jameis is, I'm sure, uh, come to the real understanding that no player is bigger than the team and certainly bigger than this league. And, you know, what he's watching, you know, it's like the old country song. I mean, it's the, you know, that's my girl, my whole world, but that ain't my truck. The guy drives up and there's another truck in his driveway at his house, you know, where his kids are because they've split up. Um, that's kind of how Jameis feels. Somebody's driving the offense, you know, and they're driving it better than he is. Uh, and in fact, the guy won player of the freaking week. Okay. 
Which, by the way, did you know Fitzpatrick has won that six times? Six. Six? He's, I would yeah. have never guessed that. He's won Player of the Week six times, and how about this? He's won it three times in the last, like, three years. Because he won it twice, I think, with the Jets a couple years ago. Wow. I mean, what other quarterback has done that? Let me start there. It's it's like it's incredible. The guy's very productive when he plays. But um no, I mean I think I think there is something to be gleaned that Jamie and and you know one thing for sure and I've wondered about this is you know Fitz went to the right matchups and they had man coverage all over the place and and Deshaun beat it and we saw Evans beat it. I wonder how many balls would have been in the catching range if Jameis had those same throws. You know what I mean? Like Fitz, the the thing that Cutter talked about and others was that, you know, he put the ball and gave them a chance. You know, he gave them a chance to come down with with catches. Um, so, you know, that's something that Jameis should look at is like, hmm, you know, those guys do get open and when they do, you know, they're low percentage throws, but – you know, he, he was on the money all day. He was so consistent. So, I I mean, you can always learn from another quarterback. And I think when your vantage point changes, I think it's healthy sometimes, you know. Um, I talked to uh, Doug Peterson today about backup quarterbacks in general because, you know, he's sitting there with Nick Foles, who was nothing but the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, and, you know, Carson Wentz is still not ready to come back. And, he, you know, he, he's going up against Ryan Fitzpatrick. And it's sort of like what makes certain guys just excel when they get their shot, even as a backup? Like, you know, what are the su- – who are the – because everybody in the NFL is good, right? But, like, who are the super backups? Well, here's two of them. And what Peterson said, and Peterson was a backup for years for Brett Favre and others, um, he said, you know, you have a different vantage point. You kind of get to watch the game and you you see how things are put in and, and you know, game plans and – you know, you see the decisions the quarterback in front of you makes, and you go, you know, if I had it, if I ever get out there, here's what I would do, or I would do this different, or this the same. And he thinks that both Foles and and Fitzpatrick have taken advantage of their experience, and plus they're good players, you know, when they when they play. So it's really interesting. Um, but I I think Jameis will definitely learn some things, but I don't think overall I would I wouldn't say it's good for him <laughs> by any stretch. Okay, Cousin Eddie asked, and we already kind of hit on this, but some believe John Gruden is already souring on Derek Carr in Oakland. Do you think he brings in a veteran quarterback this year or next? I'll tell you what, man. I'm going to bring in a quarterback, okay? And it's going to be David Carr. That's who I want. Not a guy with more experience. You know what I mean? Sure, he got hit a few times. He's another car. I need more cars. I need a garage. Can you just bring back Carson Palmer to the Raiders? (laughs) Sure. Bring him out of retirement? He did a 30 for 30 on Carson Palmer, man. He retired like five minutes ago. How do you get a 30 for 30? How do you get a life? I think it was the NFL life or something like that. Yeah, they're that. doing that. Really? Uh, I think he's the first one this season the, for the NFL professional life or what do they call that show. Get me retired more than five minutes. Good gracious. John Gruden is a guy who sours on quarterbacks really quick. And he is, I mean, the, he's one weekend, one game in, one day after the game. He's talking about how Derek Carr missed Amari Cooper all day, and he doesn't know how he did it. How do you miss him? Somewhere Reggie McKenzie is getting a visit from him, and he's banging on his desk saying, you know, I got to have RG3, man. <laughs> you know? <laughs> he was a bear. He was a brown. He's a brown bear. I love nature, man. 
He's saying something like that right now. You know, like there's somebody, you know, why can't we get Lamar Jackson? How the hell did he get to Baltimore? They don't even need him over there, right? That's just who he is. He's never going to be happy. He's always going to want an older guy that knows as much as he does and nobody does. You know, when he was here with Brad Johnson, he was banging on the door for Jeff George, you know? Like, so I don't know where this is headed. It doesn't seem good, though, does it? Uh, no, but it was very predictable. I mean, you could see this coming from a mile away before right? before the yeah. season started. I'll, I'll make a prediction. Derek Carr didn't make it to Las Vegas. Although, I guess John will at this point. But uh, well, uh, 10 million a year for 10 years, I think he's making mm-hmm. Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it'd be Johnny Vegas for sure. All Maybe right. not Derek, though. Okay, on Tuesday we learned that uh, Lightning General Manager Steve Eiserman is stepping back from his role as general manager, will become a special assistant to the new GM, Julian Brisebois, as he's going to move back to Detroit uh, or at least spend more time in Detroit with his family. Mike asks us, do you think Eiserman always had an expiration date here since he never moved his family here? Yes, because I think everybody has an expiration date, but particularly those who choose not to move their families. I mean... And I don't know what the dynamic was with that, right? Maybe the wife just didn't want to leave and pull him out of school. I mean, now his youngest is 19 years old, so he's been here eight years. That means she was 11. Seems to me that you would want to spend more time at home when your kids are, I don't know, in school than when they're now, like, out of school and and probably going to college and not even at home. Um, But the fact that you never moved, you know what I mean? Okay, year one, uh, we get, you know, so, uh, well, year two, at some point, I think that, you know, for him to have stayed here, he was going to have to have his family with him. I just don't know how that works. I know people that do this. I know people that travel four and five days a week and basically are home on the weekends and then go back on the road the next week, so they're really spending more time on the road than at home. Um, they make it work. But this seems to me like he, he was always, you know, he didn't want to dig up that root. You know what I mean? Like he didn't want to uproot everything. He wanted to keep... He wanted to keep some connection, you know, to that city, um, you know, to something. And when people do that, they generally go back to it, you know. If you're not willing to pull up the stakes and just completely move your life someplace, then that means that, you know, you you don't want to spend the rest of your life where you're at. You want to go back. So, um, yeah, I think there was going to be. But, you know, then again, I mean, eight years is a long time for anybody in professional sports, Mm -hmm. you know, whether you're a player, a coach, a GM. You're eight years in one place, you know, after a while, you know, that grass isn't growing under your feet anymore and you want to move. So, um, but I do think that that was a, that was definitely a tell, you know, somewhere that was a tell. All right, we'll move on to the Rays. And Jim, it's kind of more of a statement, but there's some, some discussion about this. He says, it's not yeah. likely the trop will be packed this weekend against the A's. And it's mm-hmm. also not a trop issue. Rays will be victims to college and NFL football, unfortunately. Do you think that has an effect on the attendance? He might be true about college and, and pro football, especially with the Bucks at home somewhat, but it doesn't matter. You know, like no one's going, period, okay? End of story. No one's going to the trap. And it's almost like they've moved already, as John Romano said. But, you know, we've talked about the challenge of selling tickets and the fact that they don't have the, the tickets sold right now for the corporate side, and so the walk-up is what it is. I think it's tragic that this has been, you know, one of the best seasons in Rays history at any for a lot of reasons, but no one cares to go see him. I, I just, I don't get that. 
it made it would make me worry. Okay, you know, even if the population is you know more centered towards Tampa, and I got this grand idea about building a stadium, and the corporations are getting behind me, all that's good signs. But I still there's a part of me that really wonders about this market, about Florida in general. You know, they're not killing it in Miami, and people will say, well, they put the stadium in the wrong place, or you know what? Florida's a tough market for professional sports, period. The transplants, the options, the sunshine, you know, all those things we've talked about, you know, what what franchise is thriving besides maybe the Lightning? And well, as far as attendance, yes. I mean, the other part of this and where more money comes from than tickets is television. And, and they're doing and very well. I don't know what the Marlins ratings are. I think they're near the bottom. But the Rays are always near the top 10 in baseball in ratings. Sure. And this, sure. Is, this is television market number 12, and it's a growing Big, market. Yeah. Baseball mm-hmm. does not going to leave market number 12. And if you add in Orlando, which the Rays do very well in ratings there, too, you combine mm-hmm. those two markets, and it's like a top 10 market. Yeah. You know, so as much as people say the Rays are going to leave, and, and there's always a chance of it if there's absolutely no stadium and whatever else. But, but I don't think baseball, but baseball does not to. want to leave Florida. No, even, I would even if nobody's in the seats, because television means more. And Florida is a growing market where a lot of these other markets aren't. Are stagnant, yeah. You know, no, you look I at the, the Northeast and the in the Midwest, and all the transplants are down here in Florida, which is why those markets yeah. are getting smaller, which means uh, eventually I, te- television ratings or revenue will go down in those markets. I mean, people a lot smarter than me will tell you that if they move the stadium towards you know a, a greater population center, that they'll do better. And I don't really have any reason to doubt that. But having said all that, man, it it just it feels like. I don't know. It feels odd that that you know that they played this well and they might get ten or twelve thousand well, people. Well, I, I think, and, and we kind of talked about it a little bit on yesterday's podcast, but and and I've had a discussion with some folks over at Tropicana Field about this. That you know, one of the problems in this season, and, and they've exceeded expectations. No one expected them to be this good. But the other part, of it, the casual fan, now, you and I know who Jake Bowers and Willie Adamas are. Right. The casual fan in this market knows no one on this team outside maybe Kevin Kiermaier. Right. Even Blake no, Snell is a little that. young and, and still up and coming. Because, I mean, last year yep. he had a disappointing season. He turned it around at the end of the season. But Kevin Kiermaier is the only name they know on this team. The, the, the casual fan that occasionally will go buy tickets to a game. Yep. And so it's going to take time for them to learn who Jake Bowers and Willie Adamas are and Tommy Pham and Blake Snell and, you know, name who whichever, you know, other, other you know, Daniel Robertson or Joey Wendell or whoever else, Malik Smith. Mm-hmm. It's going to mm-hmm. take time for them to to get to know them, know who they are, and then become fans of them. You know, you got spoiled because you had Evan Longoria here for years, and and you know David and Price was that. here for seven seasons, and Shields was there for seven, and Archer, and you know, I mean, because mm-hmm. fans still like players. It's you know the you know you go to Tropicana Field and and the numbers on everyone's back, whether it's a jersey or an actual jersey, is none of the players on the field today. I know, because they've only been here 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I get all that. I do. But, man, they're playing good baseball. And it's like, you know, if you're taking your kid, you know, or, you, you know, you just – that's your team. I mean, I I mean, it's a great product. That's the Absolutely. thing. It's like the games have been phenomenal, you know. And, um, by the way, G-Man went deep again, didn't he? Mm-hmm. That guy can hit. <laughs> Against the right pitching, he can hit. Um, it's amazing the players they find on on and I'll say the scrap heap because that's not the right thing, but kind of that, that you know. I mean, G Man Choi was basically we need someone for we're going to give you Brad Miller because we didn't want him anymore. 
and they didn't want they didn't want uh, G Man Choi, so we'll take him. And no yeah. one expected him to stick around this long, and he's hitting well. Cash Cash has done a good job though, and they've mm-hmm. all have of, of of putting them in the right uh, against pitchers they can handle. You know what I mean? Like that's a lot of it. That's one of the reasons why he's having success. But man, it's been fun to watch that. I wish the Rays were drawing better. I hope they have a good crowd this weekend. Maybe people will surprise us and people will go see them play. Well, they the got A's the $10 tickets for the lower level, um, kind of yeah. near the outfield side. So normally those are $30 tickets. So they've got them for $10 this weekend if anyone's interested in heading down to Tropicana Field. That's a great idea. And those are really good prices. And, and it's going to be great entertainment because the A's never lose. So these two teams are going to be battling like crazy. The A's have won six in a row. They're going to play the Orioles again today. So that'll be seven in a row coming in here. All right, we'll switch to college football, and Jim asks, with the UCF-North Carolina game canceled this week, does that immediately take them out of contention to repeat as national champions? (laughs) What? (laughs) He said, ha-ha, couldn't resist. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yes, it does. (laughs) That's going to hurt their RPI, and they're not going to make it this year. This just this year, though. It is a Power 5 school they're not playing now. Well, I know that's my point. Like, you well, know, not a very good the, school, but but a power five. School. Well, yeah, nonetheless. I mean, you know, USF played Georgia Tech. I mean, are they much worse than them? Uh, North Carolina, um, yes, they are. <laughs> okay, well then, um, yeah. It, I mean, this this whole thing is silly. I mean, they're not they're not going. to – I mean, the mythical national championship. Hey, it might be one game less, so they can run the table and claim that they've been undefeated for two years. Um, that's a possibility, but. Um, yeah, it's well, it's silly. I mean, yeah. But in all seriousness, on a different topic, uh, Hurricane Florence is uh, a oh, monster good Lord. storm. Yeah, uh, as I'm, we're taping I'm, this now, it's been downgraded to a Category Two storm, but that just means it's getting bigger. It's going to speed back. That up, just means though, right? it's getting bigger. Well, it's this is a very slow move. This is going to be like it's looking like it's going to be it's like, like the Houston storm. Yeah, it's just yeah, going like to sit Harvey. there and dump rain for days. Just a soaker. This right? is an yeah. Irma which blew through quickly. Yeah, this is going to yeah. be like Harvey in Houston. The hurricanes are getting bigger, and I mean, I don't know where you fall on the whole global warming thing, but I mean, I, I think there's a reason why this is happening, and um, I don't know what we can do about the climate change and things like that, but um, in my lifetime, you know, living in Florida, I'm very, very dialed in to hurricanes, very dialed in, and now it seems like everything is a three or higher, you know what I mean? That never used to be the case. And in my mind, it just doesn't seem like it was been the case. Maybe it has, but I don't think so. And 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 these, it's so. You know, the thing about it is, like, I know what these people in Carolina are going through. It's so stressful. I mean, the the storm that came up through here was moving so slowly, and then you know you have the evacuations and everything's off the shelves. And I mean, for weeks, you know. And then gas, the gas shortage. I remember last year, you know, no one could get back when the Bucks, all their players and everybody scattered because there was no gas. Mm-hmm. You know, once you hit the state line, you couldn't make it to Tampa unless you had a full tank and some extras in the trunk. Um, and because you couldn't find, you literally couldn't find any gas stations. So it's, it's just, it's such an inconvenience. It's just so, and the expense and the destruction and man, I, I hope people, you know, aren't really, I know there will be people that will stay on those beaches and try to ride it out. That is such a big mistake. You know, I can't imagine taking taking that risk. I hope everybody listens to the mandatory evacuations and gets out of there. Yeah, I know last year I evacuated my family during Irma. You did the right thing. Yeah, I went up to Charlotte with my, where my, a lot of my family lives. So, Yeah, well, I went to Chicago, but I thought that uh, I got my family sent up there, but I also thought that the Bucks were 
their plan, had they not been able to come back, was to go to Minnesota, University of Minnesota, and they're going to play the game there. Okay. Believe it or not. Mm-hmm. All right, and one last question. Les asks, mm-hmm. and we'll get back to college football, is Felipe yep. Franks the long-term answer at quarterback for Florida? And on a broader scale, does UF have a quarterback issue? He's not the long-term answer. I think he's the best answer that they had to start the season because he had the most experience, and he definitely has some measurables in terms of his athletic ability. Um, you know, he's 6'5", 227, all that. Can throw it, we saw him throw it a mile um, a year ago. So, you know, I mean, I think it, I just think that's the guy that, that was going to look better in practice and that was going to seem more game-ready you know, when the season started. So I, I don't – I got to believe that they'll want to recruit their own guys. I mean, they have Kyle Trask, who's a redshirt sophomore. I think this, that there will be a different quarterback at the end of the year at Florida um, than Felipe Franks. I really believe that. Hey, thanks for your questions. Those were great. And uh, as always, we, uh, we love the interaction and, and uh, that you guys are, have been listening to us Monday through Friday. We're here every week uh the lightning how about this they report to training camp today the first practice is friday hockey is here man opening night is three weeks from saturday that's staggering to me it comes around panthers will be in town because yeah because the lightning play you know deep into the night as they as they always do with you know what game seven of these conference finals so here we are back again my girls gonna be excited because they're big hockey fans now last year was just got them over the top, so it was kind of cool. We'll get you ready for Rays A's this weekend. Big series there. Maybe the Rays can gain some ground and uh, and make a run at this second wild card before it's all over. And, of course, it's a football Friday, so we'll talk college and pro football, and we're going to break down the matchup between the Bucks and the Philadelphia Eagles. As always. Don't forget the big matchup, USF. Is that Lovey Smith, Illinois, fighting Illini? Lovey. Discouraged. You know what? They're favored, by the way. Mm-hmm. Illinois is favored, which is shocking to me. Should they be favored? They barely beat Kent State. Well, I mean, it is a home game for Illinois. They're at Soldier Field where Lovey Smith won a lot of games as the coach of the Bears. Yeah. And as the I got to a is, Super Bowl playing on that field. He he won't have Bears actually playing for him this yeah, time. Yeah, I don't think Brian Urlacher is sitting there at middle linebacker <laughs> for him. That's right. It's, even at his age would be – Although, I think they have a pretty good kid from Eastlake playing middle linebacker right now, or will linebacker for him. Thank you very much. And uh, made a lot of tackles last week. So, yeah, we'll have uh, we'll have that to talk about in all the games uh, coming up on the weekend. Hey, uh, before we get out of here, remember now, if you're like me and you've got those high electric bills, please go see our friends at May Electric Solar. I mean, that's where you're going to save between 90 and 95% off your electric bill. I'm not making that up. That is absolutely true. You can reach our folks at uh, May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. 727-819-2862. Hey, thanks again for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow. For Steve Verstick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great Thursday, everybody. Hi, this is Bachelor Clues from Game of Roses, of course. And I want to talk about Club Med. Everybody knows Club Med has been the pioneer of the all-inclusive resort since 1950 with almost 70 resorts worldwide, ranging from beachside destinations in the Caribbean and Mexico to exotic locations like the Maldives and Morocco, or even the mountain destinations like Japan and the European Alps. 
dine on delicious gourmet cuisine, enjoy more than 20 activities, and make memories with your family. For more information, visit clubmed.us or call 1-800-CLUB-MED or your travel advisor.